What is up, guys? This is Andrew and Alyssa, and you're listening to Side by Side Podcast. This episode of Side by Side Podcast, we will be studying through Genesis chapters 16 through 20. And don't forget to tune in our next two weeks, which is October 14th. We will have a very special guest here on the podcast. And we are so excited. So, just jumping in to this episode, Andrew, we're going into chapter 16. Is there anything you want to say about this? I think we should save it. For our special guest. I think so, too. Should we let them in on what we're talking about with chapter 16, though? Yes. We are Are going to be discussing Sarai Sarai and and Hagar. Hagar. If you didn't get that, that's Sarai and Hagar. Our special guest is very excited. These are her girls, her peeps. Love these two. So she's learning a lot, studying a lot about them. So we are super, super excited. Stay tuned on our Facebook just so you can get updates about that and hear about who that'll be. But until then, let's just go into chapter 17. So in chapter 17, it talks about God coming to see Abram and something happens to Abram. What happens to Abram? He falls. He like falls face first just at the presence of God which we today would consider being slain in the spirit. Mind you, we're, we're Pentecostals, but we'd consider that to be slain in the spirit. And so I just think that that's so cool that God came, God spoke to him, and he was just so overwhelmed that he fell flat on his face. He fell face forward. And I think that that's something that we need to see more in today's society Because especially with just the busyness of everything, we're very much a generation of time. You know, we measure everything by time. And so we get so busy, we're doing all these things, and then maybe talking to God gets put on the back burner. Or we do it when it's convenient or when we feel like it. Or after a Sunday sermon where it's been a really good one, we want to learn a little bit more about it. Like, talking to God and reading the Word needs to be an everyday thing. And so here... Abr- or God literally got a hold of Abram and was like, you need to listen to me. Bam. Let me talk to you. That is awesome. I think so. It really is. And this is also where his name change came from. Yeah. With Abram meaning exalted father, mm. which he wasn't even a father, but he was exalted. Yeah. Which kind of makes me think of Lot being his son. Like, right. Because he's like, a lot doesn't have a father figure. No. And so it kind of puts Abram as his exalted father. Right. And so, but the name changed from Abram to Abraham, which Abraham means the father of multitude. Which is crazy because he had just had Ishmael and that was done out of a whole bunch of issues. Yeah. A whole, yeah, a whole ton of issues came from that. And so he had one son named Ishmael. And yet he was told he was going to be the father of multitude. Yeah, which is just crazy to think about. Like, okay, I have just had my first son at a very old age. Mm-hmm. I don't think it specifies. I don't think it Ishmael. does either. Well, it's probably because he wasn't the one to inherit the blessing. Right. I mean, he did get blessed, but he didn't inherit the blessing. Right. Which we'll talk about later. But yeah, so that's another huge point. And then circumcision happens in this chapter 17 
I don't know what you're saying, shoe. I'm a boy. That's, <laughs> that's like, oh. It makes you squeeze your legs real tight. <laughs> yeah. We, we talked about last episode that this was done to Abraham when he was 99 years old and then done to Ishmael at 13. Just insane. insane. I, I'm so glad they do that as a baby with the majority. Well, I mean, you still get the option. Yeah. As a parent. But... Definitely, as a kid, as a baby, you really don't remember it. It's much, much better. <laughs> I was a lot of pain and I'm sure. Thoughts. So I was reading on this beforehand, and it said that it's like if you think that you can't get your teenagers to listen to you now, imagine Abraham trying to get Ishmael to be circumcised as a 13 year old, and that made me giggle. I, I mean, that was funny. He can't know what a circumcision is at 13 yeah right right but i mean if he was uncircumcised like it was probably never brought up to him that right everybody else would have potentially been circumcised at 13 i did not know what circumcision was well no one did at that time it was a new thing well yeah oh yeah that's what they just totally <laughs> yeah that was a brand new thing at that point Oh, that makes sense. So he has no idea. None. I mean, he's just told that someone's coming at him with a knife. Uh But I did see something, and I thought that was really cool. We were talking about it for a while, about how circumcision was a bloody death of the foreskin that helped prevent the bloody death of the person. And that circumcision wouldn't get you saved. It was just an outward sign of faith. And it's more of like a baptism. Right, yeah, how we would consider baptism today, like baptism doesn't get you saved, but it's an outward profession of faith. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I like that. They seem two very opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, uh, they are two very opposite ends of the spectrum. (laughs) That's not just an if, that's a very definite, I'll get, I will baptize you in water to, shing! (laughs) Very different. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a... Kind of different. That's a very different. Right. But yeah, I just, I thought it was interesting to like also compare them in the same light as a profession of, of faith and a sign of obedience. I thought it was cool. Interesting. If that doesn't show your obedience, I don't know what does. Right. Uh, and then lastly, in chapter 17, they talk about Sarai's name change. So they change her name from Sarai to Sarah. And when we were looking... We found out that they actually mean the exact same thing. God changed her name just like he did Abram's. But coincidentally enough, you know what Sarai and Sarah mean? What do they mean? Princess. Oh my (laughs) goodness, that fits her so well. I know. And when we were talking about it, we're like, well, maybe that happened. And they mean the same thing because she didn't really develop in her faith. Like her faith didn't grow or change like Abram to Abraham's did, yes. you know, and we'll see that here in just a second in chapter 18, really just her showing that, that her faith didn't change yeah, and that she's still the same person. Another thing about Sarah and Sarai with it meaning princess is a lot of people saw her as beautiful. That's true. And so like her name quite literally would suit her. As a person yeah. at that, in that time. And so it kind of makes you think like, oh, okay. So 
she was definitely beautiful if her name even means princess. Right. And, I mean, there's even proof of all the kings and stuff trying to make her their wife. Mm -hmm. And so, but we'll see more of that even, too. Yeah. This is a loaded section here, guys. It really is. Very, very loaded episode. But we're excited. So, going straight in to chapter 18. We see... Abraham's Abraham's hospitality. hospitality. There are three guys walking down the street, and Abram offers to wash their feet from their travels. Mm -hmm. People wore sandals back in the day. And he tells Sarah some instructions, too. Yeah, he tells her to make some food, and he even tells his servants to go kill an animal and to prepare it for them. The best. The best. Of the best. We think this is because he felt God's presence because he announces him as Lord. Right. And he says in the beginning of that, it says, The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent. During the hottest part of the day, he looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. And so by saying that the Lord appeared to him, and we were saying, I'm sure the Lord never just like came up and was like, hey, I'm here in these clouds. Like you see my face and you see all these things I'm like physically doing. I mean, he might have, but yeah. it was probably more of feeling his presence of like, hey, I know the Lord's here. And then he looked and there's these three guys. Yeah. And so, but I just wanted to point out his hospitality. He gave him the best the best of the best of mm-hmm. everything. And I think that's just really cool to point out. Right. Yeah, immediately. He didn't hesitate with that either. He saw them and he knew there was something different about them and he wanted to give them everything he could. And he got everyone on board too. No questions asked. Yeah. It just shows you though, leading by example in hospitality is a very, I think, great way to show that. Yeah. We've been talking about hospitality and our special guest next week. I could say confidently that that is a value of hers and her husband's just to be hospitable, open your home up to people, and just show them the love of God, which is so cool. Yes. And so while this is all happening, while Abraham is talking to these three men, which we later find out one of them is the Lord and the other two are angels, God is saying about this covenant and how... Abraham and Sarah will have children. And while they're doing that, Sarah's in the other room preparing all this food for the Lord that Abraham just told her about. And she starts laughing and she starts saying, how could a old woman like me have such pleasure and provide for my master who's my husband? And she starts saying all this negative stuff. She's kind of a downer. God asks her, or God asks Abraham, why is Sarah laughing when I say that you will still have children? Why is she laughing? And Sarah literally goes, I'm not laughing. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, it's like she's trying to hide her laugh at that point. Yeah, she's lying straight to God. But this also brings out the the evidence of God is that he's omniscient. Yeah. And he's all-hearing, all-knowing, and... He just tells her, no, you did laugh. Mm-hmm. And end of, 
end of this brief story, but then it moves on to Abraham talking with God about his travels. And God was on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah at this point. Yeah. And he told Abram this. And this is where his nephew Lot is. And God says he's going to destroy it. And so we see Abraham reasoning with God. Mm -hmm. This is just like a really awesome way to see God is there to listen to you. Right. He's not going to just tell you no Mm -hmm. in certain aspects. Right. There will be times he'll tell you no, but when you ask for things, he will provide. Right. Like in terms of Abraham, he was asking for asking if there'll be 50 people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Would you spare it if there were 50 innocent people? And God said, yeah, I'll spare it for those 50 people. And then he goes, God, what about, what if there's only 40? Would you destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for 40 with 40 innocent people there? God's like, no, I won't. I wouldn't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. There's 40 innocent, righteous people there. Mm-hmm. And he works it all the way down to 10. And God goes, I won't destroy it if there's 10 innocent, righteous people there. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, there were not. There were not 10. <laughs> there were not 10 innocent people there. We said last week, we said maybe a couple, maybe a lot on a good day. but <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Lot was in the right place to be considered righteous. Yeah. So we see that with chapter 19. Those two angels that we just talked about show up to Lot's house. And at this point, Lot was, like you were just about to say, in a season that he just was totally lost, didn't know where he was at. People didn't think well of him. He was not written in the book of life. (laughs) He was just not in a good spot. And while we were talking about this before, Andrew had mentioned just how he's been in a season where he's been able to relate to Lot a lot. And so I would like you to share that part of your testimony. And so I would just like you to share about you being in that season when you were, when you're able to relate to Lot, just share part of your testimony on that too. So yeah, like, like when I was in high school, I was not in the right place. I would hang out with my friends who were not the best of influences. I didn't do very bad things, but like my language wasn't there. I'd feel really depressed at times mm-hmm. and my my headspace wasn't there. And so I I never portrayed God in my life. I didn't like when I went to school, I wasn't like I love Jesus. Look at me. Like I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. But I never portrayed that in school. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when I did get reconnected in Christ in 2021, I just basically dropped everything that I was doing. Mm -hmm. No more cussing. I hang out with my friends still. But I'm a completely different person around them now. And I think it's been showing. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been able to get my friend Ryder to come and play in a church league softball Mm -hmm. game and stuff like that. And so volleyball tournaments, just getting plugged in. And yeah, so it's just been really good. Still working on them. But as like myself, though, back in those days, like I related a lot. I 
fit in with the crowd I was around. I was just like a chameleon. And I was just who I was with who I was with. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was even in church, which is sad to say. But that's how I was in church. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up in church, but I was like a chameleon. I was a good kid at church. But when I got to school, I was a completely different person. I was living a double standard life, mm-hmm. which is not good. If you're doing that, stop. <laughs> well, uh, no, really stop. No, really. Do stop. No bueno. <laughs> but I think this is how a lot of people can relate to Lot. Is, yeah, he can, he knows God and talks to God and prays and stuff. Mm-hmm. But people don't see God in him. Right. Uh, he goes to warn his son-in-laws about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah to get them to leave and they laugh at him like you're just losing your mind and that just goes to show like that's that's close like that's your family Mm -hmm. like he like they have to ask to marry your daughter so they have to get close to you too right and that's just insane I mean just looking at us like I'm very close with your family to the point like if they were to say that, I would fully believe them because I know where their faith's at with God and probably you the same with my family. So just to have them know him so well to know that he didn't. Yeah. He was probably joking. He hasn't had a relationship with God in however long. At least a while. So, but yeah, I think a lot of people have been there. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where Lot relates to a lot of people is in that term. But I know you... Also wanted to talk a little bit about Lot's wife. Mm-hmm. So would you like to do that? Absolutely. Uh, so we were on church on Sunday and Carrie, one of very awesome people from Andrew's old church, she was talking about she went to a conference this past weekend and they talked about Lot's wife and how Lot's wife is the only woman that God says, remember this woman in the Bible. And yet she's the least talked about out of all the women And God says later, and I believe it's Matthew, that you are the salt of the earth. But then at this point, Lot's wife, I mean, being the salt of the earth, she had looked back after they were running from Sodom and Gomorrah. God told them, don't look back. And she did. And she turned into crystallized salt, a pillar of salt, because she looked back at the past. And they were just talking about how that's something that we get caught up in a lot of. We look at what used to be. You know, we use COVID kind of as a time marker. At least I've noticed I do. Like, oh, yeah, well, before COVID or, oh, yeah, well, that was during COVID. And so to use that as a time marker, if we keep looking back on what life was like before COVID or before this or before that, like we're just going to keep living in the past and not just seeing where God has us right now and what our next couple steps are. And so seeing Lot's wife do that, And keep looking back at the past and turn at what used to be. And what used to be wasn't good. I mean, they were in Sodom and Gomorrah. And, I mean, she was living with Lot, so obviously that wasn't good. And so, yeah, she turned into a pillar of salt. And so that's just a very good learning opportunity. At least for me it was. Just to know that even though I keep looking back or whatever things I keep dwelling on in the past, while they might not be good... I need to stop dwelling on them and just see where God has me right now and see what he's seeing me through. Because when she looked back, she totally lost touch of God completely protecting them and sending an angel towards them. So 
Very interesting people, Lot and his wife were. Yes. And also, unfortunately, so were his daughters. Yeah. We see that at the end of chapter 19. Very unsettling portion of scripture. But also, you have to realize that they were born and raised in Sodom and Gomorrah. His daughters were. And so they didn't have good relationships probably with their parents, with their peers. They didn't have good just upbringings. Yeah, no. Good head on their shoulders. And so that led them to make really disgusting, awful decisions. Yeah. And I mean, even the fact that Lot was going to throw them to the men riding outside mm-hmm. is disgusting. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but away from that. Yes. We um, will continue on to chapter 20. Yes, which is the last chapter that we're going through today. And it's actually one that. We, it sounds very similar. It sounds like we might be repeating ourselves if you've been keeping up every episode. But, so they go into Negev, and yet again, Abraham looks at his beautiful princess of a wife and says, Sarah, you need to act like my sister. <laughs> You're too beautiful. They're going to want you. And if they want you, they'll kill me, and I don't want to be killed. So you need to act, tell them you're my sister. Yeah. And... So she agrees, and mm-hmm. they go to King Abimelech, and so they go up to him, and they're like, hi, hello, how are you? This is my sister. She's like, mm-hmm, yep, yep. I am his sister, and King Abimelech takes Sarah as to bed. It goes to, at least. Yep. And as he's lying down... God speaks to him in a dream. He says, you are a dead man for that woman you have taken is already married. And then we see Abimelech reason with God, just like Abraham did. He said, you're really going to destroy an innocent nation when I didn't do anything? And God says, no, I'm not. He said, I stopped you. Therefore, I didn't have to destroy an innocent nation. And it's because he was a good, he was a good man. He was a good man. For the fact that God reached out to him before. Yep. As he did it with the other. Right. And so that is just crazy to think about that Abraham has now done this twice. Yeah. And gotten away with it. And gotten away with it because it was like, I am an innocent man. God's like, yes, you are. And so. I just can't keep this kid under control. <laughs> <laughs> that probably is what he was thinking. Sorry, I need a leash for him. <laughs> but, and then not even that. The thing that would irk me with that. Uh huh. Abimelech had to take him to Abraham and let Abraham pray over him. Yeah. He also gives Abraham 1,000 pieces of silver. <laughs> he tells he tells Sarah, right? Yeah, he tells Sarah, your, I'm giving your brother 1,000 silver. Your brother 1,000 yeah, silver. Yeah, it's in quotes in the Bible. Yes. And in today's day and age, he probably would have been like, I'm giving your brother 1,000 pieces of silver, with air quotes included. (laughs) Yeah, because I would be so mad. Yeah. That's terrible. But that's that's really what he did. Yep. And then God had actually put infertility on all of the women in Negev. But when Abraham prayed, he did pray that all the women in Negev, including Abimelech, his wife, female servants, 
and their children that they would all be able to conceive and have children. I mean, because Abraham should be the first one to know how difficult that was for him and Sarah, and he should not let that happen in somewhere (laughs) where he messed up. Man, I'd be so mad if I were Abimelech and I found out about that. Like, he's 100 years old, and he's still praying for children, and he let us be infertile. Best. Oh, I'd be I'd be so mad. Right hook. Wow. <laughs> but he can't. No. Nope. He can't cuz nope. God has him protected. That's right. So. Absolutely. This was a great and very loaded section of scripture. And we're excited just to even spend one one more episode diving into chapter 16 next week with our guest. So, Andrew, would you like to close us out in prayer? Yes. Lord God, I just want to thank you for allowing us this time to just spend diving in and reading your word and just studying to grow closer and get more knowledge of you. Lord God, I I just pray for our, our audience, Lord God, that you just keep your hand of protection on them, Lord God, and don't let them be in the doubtful stages like Sarah and where she laughs in the face of what God can do. Lord God, I just pray that you just continue to strengthen everybody who listens, Lord God. I pray for peace and comfort in everything that they do. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This, this has been, been Side by Side with Andrew and Alyssa. Love, Love you guys. guys.